0: You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Well, we're going to finish the series this morning. Anybody remember what it's called? Armor. Armor. And uh, this is week six on this. Um, Next week, I will begin a brand new series called Beyond Ourselves. Beyond Ourselves. And even though it's great to be blessed. I and mean, maybe, you know, the actual, the real purpose of that is you're blessed so that you can, so you can be a blessing. You know, the Bible even tells us that strength is not for service or strength is not for status. Strength is for service. And we're going to be looking at something very, very important. And I do not want you to miss this. This is really where the rubber meets the road of our Christianity. The next next few weeks. I want to really encourage you to be with with us as we begin to look at beyond ourselves. So we'll start that next week. Um, There's no way to review everything right now. I'm, I'm thinking about doing some topical devotions that we can print and get out and over our series and maybe call it like 30 ideas about or 30 somethings about. Like we've got this Holy Spirit series where I'm week 22 you know I, we could do a hundred ideas you know that we've gained from our our study. Uh, you know it 's hard to go back and continually to review, but hopefully by uh, archiving these things in so many ways, um, online podcast, uh, echo and study guide notes and CDs in so many different ways so that you can come back and go over them because faith does not come by having heard faith comes by hearing and by hearing. So you've got to continue to do that. Um, How many of you know that nutrition does not come by having eaten? You have to keep eating, which I intend to do in a little while. So let's um, look at some things as we conclude this series on armor. uh, The bottom line for us, and I'm, I'm going to end the same way that I'll begin today. God provides for us strength, And armor so that we can stand. He gives us what we need so that we can stand. Now, let me go ahead and say this to you. You cannot stand and you will not win apart from the strength and the armor that God would give you. So I want to hit that in both ways so that it will hit us in the right way. And we understand that God gives us strength and you need strength. Come on, anybody need strength? Most of you, uh, and we need his armor because we do have an enemy and we do wage war. We are in a struggle. And so it's important that we have both the strength and the armor so that we can stand. One of the principles that supports this is in, in the gospels in Luke 11, verse 21, it says, when a strong man fully armed guards, his own palace, his goods are in peace. And the, the principle is saying that when you're strong and we're strong in the Lord, when we are strong, when you are fully armed and fully armored and you're active and in your, your imposition, in then your goods will be in peace. They will be safe and secure. This is not to say that you won't have struggle. This is not to say that you don't have an enemy. You do. And you will have struggles and battles. But the good news is with the strength, with the armor and with you on guard, you will be able to keep your goods, your life Amen. safe and secure. Amen. Now, let's go ahead and read in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 17. And this is the passage that covers the armor of God. Finally, my brethren, everybody say my brethren. I want to make note of this and we'll come back to this at the very end, hopefully. Uh, my brethren is in the context of the family of God. So this is to those that are sons and daughters of God. This, these are those that have stepped across the line of faith and have accepted God as their father, Jesus as their savior, and they're in the family of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of that, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, help me, to stand. Verse 14, stand therefore. And here's the armor listed for us. Having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all, or covering all lifting up over all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And, and here's where we are today, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we're going to look today at the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Um, if we can put this picture up here and we've, kind of use this diagram throughout. I want you to notice the helmet and let me describe it from a historic uh, standpoint. It's forged. It's one piece uh, made of bronze or iron. It's lined with leather for comfort and for fit. There are plates. If you will notice along the cheeks, also along the sides and back of the neck. And you'll see why in just a few moments, the crest or plumes across the top, kind of like a Mohawk going on there. Um, is made of dyed horsehair, indicating the rank it also the helmet would bear insignias that would identify which army you belong to and so it's a very symbolic thing we do not have an actual helmet that we wear you understand it's it's figurative it's symbolic for us so you know we don't have in our bookstore kiosk you know yes i'd like to order a helmet size large you know we we we'd, we don't have those you can't get them at christmas now my my son lee when he was a little guy we bought him the armor of god and it was in this box i was more excited than he was i think you know it's made out of like gray or silver plastic and had some stuff on it and it it just had all the all the gear you know and i thought how cool is that Well, i didn't have stuff like that when i was a kid you know uh plus we were heathens when i was a kid so we (laughs) wouldn't we wouldn't have wouldn't have worn that but um Anyway, I digress. Uh, But this helmet is figurative for us. And I want us to look a little bit today and see exactly what this helmet is. So we all know what a helmet is. What does the helmet protect? Very good. Y'all are sharp here. It protects the head. Now let's go on and kind of see... What this means here, as, as we go on, it protects the head. Um, when you're in battle, how many of you would would suppose it would be pretty important to keep your head protected? Yes. All right. Uh, a couple years ago, Christmas, uh, and we told you about this. We went to New York City Christmas time, and while we were there, we went and visited the Metropolitan Museum of Art. An incredible place, just incredible and they had an exhibit and um, uh, as far as i know it's still there and it was called arms and armor and it was real deal stuff you know these weren't remade copies this was the real deal stuff going from as far back as they could gather stuff all the way through arms and armor just incredible incredible display and it's all behind glass and And you're looking at these things and you're so close to these things that were part of some of the dynasties in China as they went to war and Roman soldiers and, and all these things. And you're just, you're just that far away from, I noticed something about a number of the helmets. Okay. Because these were actual things. I noticed that a lot of the helmets had dents and gashes, you know, uh, over the last few years, I've lost my bangs. I've given up looking for them. But I've thought on occasion, you know, I I just thought I'd buzz the whole thing. But then I realized, you know, I got too many dents and scars and (laughs) abnormalities, you know. Uh, But the head would be very important to protect in time of battle. And because here's the thing. If you don't protect the head, and remember I said there are plates that would come down and guard the side and the back of your neck and the cheekbones and all. It's so you don't lose your head. Question. How many of you have ever lost your head? How many of you are still looking for it? Okay. The other thing would be is to keep your head together. To keep your head do you see where we're going with this? To keep your head together. How many of you have kind of lost part of your head? Why am I thinking what am I doing? Why did I do that? Where am I? Auntie M I mean we're just we're just all over the place. Come on. So we've got to have something as well to protect our head. Because in battle, your head was the most vulnerable. Soldiers were trained to go after the head. Go after the head. And then if the head was covered, you still would try to strike the head. Because even though it's fitted with leather, it's made of of bronze or iron. Still just the blow, the percussion of that hitting your head. And even with the helmet, the enemy is going to try to rock your world at times. And so your head is very vulnerable. So we've got to have a helmet of some real substance here, some real substance. And so obviously the helmet to keep our head on and to keep our head together, it obviously is symbolic of our thoughts, our thoughts. And we're going to talk about what thoughts and how you think about certain things. Let me remind you of this. We have an enemy, the devil, and the devil loves to mess with your thoughts. He loves to discourage you, to confuse you, to create doubt, to to cast all kinds of things into your mind, to to project things, to put things into your path. He knows what will stick to you and what doesn't stick to you. He knows what conversations you need to kind of walk through and what reports you need to hear on the news and what things you need to read and, and, and so forth. He, he is busy about trying to get you to lose your head. And so we've got to have a helmet. Well, what is our helmet? What does it say in scripture? It's the helmet of what? Salvation. Salvation. So let's look at salvation here a little bit. Now, by definition, salvation, if you look in in, um, uh, different books and dictionaries that we're going to help you to uh, your concordance and so forth to find out what it means. It would carry the ideas of of, uh, rescue, deliverance, safety wholeness the this a new testament word the old testament word was the word you'll know this shalom which has to do with peace it's a total peace that's the old testament uh equivalent of this new testament salvation new testament word is soteria and so this old testament shalom was a sense of nothing missing nothing broken and it's a peace it's a wholeness everybody say wholeness now, New Testament takes it a little bit further because you need to understand this. Everything that would have been ours or anyone's in the Old Testament was on credit. That's right. And then Jesus paid it all. Amen. Okay? So anything we get now is paid for. Yes. Old Testament, it was accounted unto them, credited to them as righteousness, because it, nothing had been paid for yet. So this idea is not as full in the Old Testament as it is in the New Testament. Then it was just this sense of wholeness, of nothing missing, nothing broken. But in the New Testament, this idea of salvation, which is our helmet, everybody say helmet again. This idea has to do with, and I won't spell all of this all the way out, deliverance that leads to wholeness. Now, I need to make a point of this before we can go further. It's deliverance. Everybody say deliverance. deliverance. That leads to. Oh, let's try it again. Deliverance, deliverance. That leads to. Okay. I'm going to say deliverance. And you're going to say deliverance. That leads to. That leads to wholeness. Wholeness. Okay. All right. Let's try that again. Some of the first service people have crept in here. I can say. No, don't tell them. I said. It's a joke. Deliverance Deliverance. that leads to to wholeness. wholeness. Now, you cannot have wholeness, safety, peace, health, prosperity, soundness. You cannot have wholeness apart from this deliverance. You can't have wholeness apart from this deliverance. This is the work Jesus did. This is his suffering. This was his passion. This was the cross. This was the tomb. This is where Jesus took care of business. This was the heavy lifting. And you don't have this without this. You have an incomplete and weak theology that will not hold up to any kind of weather if you only think that salvation is wholeness apart from this. Because then it becomes work based. Then it becomes effort-based, performance-based. You have to have a basis for that wholeness. And the only basis for real wholeness is the work that Jesus did on the cross and and ripped apart death, hell, and the grave and came alive again and lives forevermore, that he took care of the sin problem, that he took care of the devil problem problem that he took care of your problem and my problem he took care of the heavy lifting now we can have wholeness now let's take this further to have salvation you have to have a savior to be saved you have to have a savior and by definition a savior is one who makes you safe and keeps you safe. Now it's important because you got to have a heavy duty helmet for the battle that we're in in Colossians chapter one, verse 13 and 14. I'm going to read from the new living it says for he, Jesus has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Look, look what happened. He rescued us Come on. He rescued us and he delivered us from the kingdom of darkness, transferred us, transported us, delivered us to the kingdom of the son of his love. That's where the wholeness is. Now, this to me is exciting. This to me in my mind, this is special ops, special forces. This is SWAT team, and in the middle of the night, they go in, they come down the chimney, they kick down some doors, they kick some other things too. (laughs) And they do whatever it takes, and they get you out of there, and before you know it, you're being jetted away to a place of wholeness, and a place where you're not in darkness, and you're not in shackles, and you're not being starved, and you're not being berated, and you don't live with fear. He has rescued, he's delivered us out of that, and he's brought us into this place of wholeness. Now I read this morning, I read this morning that a British, a retired British couple had a yacht, have been held hostage by pirates. Somebody said, Pirates? Yeah, they're real. Held hostage by pirates for a whole year, they were released. They just were released. And the first thing they did was get them a good meal. And they said they actually looked in pretty good health and give them a cell phone so they could call their loved ones and could call their friends and family. And can you imagine... You know, and, and we hear of other hostage situations and once they're freed, what, what's the first things that they want? I want, a, I want a good hot shower and I want a good hot meal and I want a soft pillow, and I want to talk to some people that I love. I want somebody that cares to hold me. Are, are, are you hearing me? And so we cannot have salvation. Therefore, you cannot have a helmet. You can't have salvation without deliverance. You can't have wholeness without that deliverance. Now you need to understand that this is a settled deal. If you've received Jesus, sixth grade, kneeling by a couch in my pastor's home, I prayed a prayer, I meant it. I received Jesus. My name is in the book. I've not been perfect. I've messed up a lot, repeatedly. Don't look at me, you too. But as I said earlier, but my commitment to God is so real on the inside that I hurt on the inside when I know I miss it. And it drives me back and his goodness drives me back. Well, guess what? The enemy loves to mess with that because he's still trying to get you to have a performance-based wholeness. And see, the reality of your salvation is set. It's fact. Settled. But the assurance of it, because that's attached sometimes the sense of assurance that's attached sometimes to your thoughts and your feelings and your circumstances. And that's where your helmet comes loose sometimes. That's what the enemy is after to get you to think, maybe I'm not. Maybe wholeness doesn't belong to me. Maybe I'm not really in the family of God. Did you see the way I thought, what I said, the way I acted whatever. And I'm not giving anybody license for any sin. I'm just talking about this is not based on your performance. It's based on what Jesus did. He made that new and living way so we could come into his wholeness. Somebody say something here now. So the enemy loves to mess with your head and mess with your thoughts. So you need to load yourself with some thoughts like this. Psalm 107 verse two says, let the redeemed of the Lord what." Say so whom he has redeemed or delivered out of the hand of the enemy. Second Timothy 1 says, for I know that's that assurance issue, I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. Romans eight thirty two. he who did not spare his own son deliverance, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? In the message Bible, it says, if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son. Listen to this. Is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for you? See, our assurance comes from he did the heavy lifting here. So I'm assured of all of this. That is your helmet. And you better have a helmet of substance. And our helmet is the helmet of salvation. Be assured of your salvation because of the great work that Jesus did for us. The great, complete, redemptive work that Jesus did for us. Having received him by faith, he's able to keep you. Amen. And you belong to him and wholeness belongs to you. You keep that helmet on because the devil is, your head is the most vulnerable thing. Don't lose your head. Don't lose your head. one of the ways to do this, you know what? He has done all this for me. And if God did that, God didn't spare his son, then God will also freely give everything else I need so that I can have wholeness in my life. Amen. 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 Now, let me move on. Second is the sword of the spirit. The sword. Everybody say sword. When I was a little kid, I had a hard time even pronouncing that because I tried to sword. But it's just sword. And it's the sword of the spirit. Show that picture again if you would. And let me describe for you. It usually hung on the belt of truth, which we've talked about. The, it had a handle of some substance so you could really grip it well. And the blade, the blade was anywhere from 6 to 18 inches long. Very sharp tip. Very weighty blade. It was used in close combat. It was used to pierce, cut, slash, chase, or warn. Uh, how many of you know that the Garden of Eden is still on the planet Earth? Did you know it is? And man has not found it. We have GPS. We have everything else, but man can't find it. And it's a good thing man hasn't found the Garden of Eden. It'd be an amusement park. Get your picture by the apple tree. Here's the naked zone. You know, you get, it just, it would not work. Okay. It's a good thing that man hadn't found. Do you know why man has not found it? Genesis three reveals that once Adam and Eve were driven out, an angel was posted guard there with a flashing sword. And it's still here, but for some reason, man can't see it. Man might be right next to it. Who knows? There may be a Starbucks right there. But it's not, not there. There's wars fought all around there. That's the, that's the cradle of civilization. And that's the hot spot, the hotbed of, of, of the whole earth. But man can't find that spot. You know why? Because of a sword. Sometimes apartment complexes and so forth will work a special deal with a law enforcement officer to stay there. You know why? Because there's something powerful about having that car parked there. Serves as a warning. So the sword, the sword can be a warning. And I'm telling you what, the more you sport your sword, the more the enemy is warned that you know what this thing is about. And the enemy doesn't take you serious until he knows for sure that you know for sure. And that's when you take up the sword and you know, and that serves as a warning. But then in close combat, you pierce, you slash, you block, you slice, you dice, you do whatever you have to do. And I know that sounds violent, but listen to me, you better, you better get pumped up and fired up a little bit because you're in battle and you can't go out there and, you know, can we do something different? No, you're going to have to, you're going to have to fight this thing out. Y'all with me? It is the sword of what? Of the spirit, which is the what? The word of God. Now, the Amplified Bible, let me explain my. Scribbling here in a moment. The Amplified Bible brings out the sword that the spirit wields, which is the word of God. The word, you need to know this. We've talked about this on Wednesday night in our Holy Spirit series. The word of God is the language of the spirit of God. First John says that the father, the word, and the spirit, these three are one. So the father, the son, the Holy Spirit are one. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is the Word. He was the living Word. He represents the Word. Okay? And so the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, these three are one. That means what? That means they agree. They never disagree. They always agree. So anything that, quote, the Holy Spirit has said, prompted... Whatever inspired you with, it will line up with the word, not some squirrely, some weird far out thing. Well the Lord told me to do this. And then you run into him later and you go, You still don't that? No, the Lord changed his mind. And I'm going, This guy or the Lord? Which one's squirrely? You know? But see, the the Lord's word stands forever and this will agree with Father, Son and Holy Spirit. It's going to line up with the word of God. So literally then you take the sword, get this now, you take the sword that the spirit gives, which is the word. You take the sword that the spirit gives, which is the word. So folks, listen, the spirit wants to give you a sword and it will be from the word of God. Now, the Greek word, there are two Greek words for word. Now, I'll just go over this real quick. One is logos. Logos is written in general. You have in your lap, so to speak, logos. There's another word, and that's the word used here in Ephesians 6, 17, which is the word rhema. Rhema has to do with something has been uttered. Something has been said, but it goes beyond that. And it includes this, it is specific and it is for now. God wants to give you by the Holy Spirit, watch this. The Spirit wants to give a sword to you that is a specific now word that relates to your specific now situation. Not just any word. Not just flip through the Bible. Jesus wept. Not just flip through the Bible. The Spirit of God wants to give you a now specific word for what you're going through. You're fighting an enemy. You're fighting a situation. Guess what he wants to do? He wants to hand you a sword. Now let me go a little bit further with this. He will remind you of things that he has spoken to you. He he told the disciples, I will give you words to speak. Jesus said, uh, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the message Bible says it takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. You need a sword that the spirit would give you. And it's going to be the word of God and get a hold of this. Now it's going to be something that's specific. And now for what you're dealing with question, anybody dealing with anything? Do you have a sword? Do you have a word? Have you waited on God to give you a word concerning this situation? And He'll do it. He'll do it. Let me just give you one example, real quick. I could give you a bunch, I'll just give you one. 1989, we started the church. Drove into town. I had shiny pants from much use, had a little car. It's like a disposable lighter. <laughs> I never knew if it was going to start. I never knew if it was going to stop. And we'd done our research and I knew God had called us here. And I looked around at different places to start. and We ended up starting at the Hilton. Some of you were there. And I remember pulling up in the driveway uh, in their drive. I can take you to the exact parking spot. I look at it every time for any reason I have any reason to be over there. I look, I know the exact spot. And I pulled up there and I suddenly had this cave-in moment. Insecurity like you would not know. And it's like, who are you to come into this town? You know who was telling me that? Who are you? What do you... Look at you, what do you got? Where you been? Where do you come from? And I said, God, I need I need to hear from you again. And the Spirit gave me a sword, which was from the Word of God. He said, Because you trust me, I'm going to surround you with favor like a shield. And do not be afraid, because I'm with you. I'm even going before you. I got up out of that car shiny pants and all because I now had a sword and I was able to walk in there not by myself and to know that God had even gone before me and time after time after time after time in your life if you'll ask God he'll give you the sword he'll give you the word he'll give you the of the now exact this is what I need this is what I need now Jesus was in close combat with the enemy. And he was tempting him. Jesus fasting 40 days, 40 nights exposed to the wilderness. And when you get run down physically and when you get run down emotionally, good luck, my friend. And for any of you thinking about, I think I'll do a 40 day fast. Don't. I've known about three people that tried it and they all went nuts. (laughs) Try like. A day and a half. Or just skip lunch, okay? But um, anyway, let me keep going. They lose their head. Um, The devil tempts him. He said, hey, you're hungry. Why don't you, because you got the power, turn these rocks into bread. The spirit gave Jesus a sword. Man doesn't live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said, well, wait, wait, wait. How about this? He showed him all the kingdoms of the earth and all the glory of them. And he says, I'll give you all, all of that. Here's the shortcut. Forget the cross and all that stuff. You know what's ahead. That's the hard way. Here's the easy way. Just fall down and worship me. It's all mine to give you. And he said, no, it is written. Here's the sword. He said, it is written. You only worship God. And he's the only one you serve. And he came back again and he goes, all right, how about this one? Let's do something really cool because this will be exciting. He said, why don't you just kind of jump off this cliff? Because you know the angels are going to protect you. And Jesus said, listen to me, you idiot. (laughs) I I added that in. He said, get behind me, Satan. Because it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. For everything that came up, it was specific. Everything that came up, he had a sword. And this is only going to happen if you know the word to some degree. You've got to have something for the spirit to remind you of. You've got to have some. Now, if you're diligent about this, I believe the spirit will give you a sword. Sometimes you haven't even discovered yet in the word. So you take this. We'll talk about it later. Just take it now. Use this. We'll talk about it a little bit later. And he'll do that. But listen, you need to read, study, feed, water yourself on the word of God daily. Get yourself in church. We're not playing around here. We're trying to equip you and help you so you can win and so you can help some other people win. And this is real deal stuff. But you need to feed and water and study and learn the word of God and get familiar with it. And then listen, listen, seek and expect. Listen, seek, and expect that the Holy Spirit will give you the sword that you need for your situation. He'll give you the word. Jesus said this. He said, my sheep, in John 10, my sheep hear my voice, and my sheep know my voice. Can I point something out to you? Sheep are dumb. (laughs) And yet they know and they hear the voice of their shepherd. It really, it really means this. They're familiar with it. They recognize it. You've got to be familiar with his voice. You've got to recognize it. Yesterday I was getting ready in the afternoon. I had to go make a hospital visit. And uh, I was getting cleaned up for that. And Alicia had something on TV. And I could hear it. And I was shaving. And all of a sudden I could hear Anybody remember that? I dream a genie. I mean I started. Yeah. Wanted out there just just to see. And why why did that do something? Because I was familiar with it. It's something I grew up with. It's something I recognize. But I think sometimes if you're not familiar with his word, he's trying to tell you something you don't you don't know what's going on. And I want to reduce this all down and make this very simple. Listen, seek, and expect that God would give you a word. If you're going through something, look at me. Are you going through something? If you're going through something, you need a sword. You need a sword. You can have all the other stuff and you don't have a sword. You're in trouble. You've got to have a sword and God by the spirit will give you a sword, which is the word of God. And it will be a now word and it will be for you. And I'm telling you what, it will take care of business. And sometimes you just got to hold the sword for a good while. Sometimes you got to fight for a good while. But you know, what? it's the only piece of weapon that he provides. And do you know why? Because it's the only one that you need. The power is in the word to help you to do that. I got to finish this up. We read all about, we read all about the uh, armor of God. And it says, having done this and having girded yourself and having put on this and having shod your feet. And then it says, and take the helmet of salvation. And it implies and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Think for a moment of baseball. And the baseball player can be all dressed out in uniform. He's got his cleats. He's got the proper protective whatever. And he's all in uniform. But you know what? Then it comes his time as it does for every player. That it's time to step up and go to bat. And at that point, you take the helmet. And you take a bat. And you don't go out there and be a bat holder. You don't go out there and be fodder for the other team to laugh at you go out there to be a hitter you go out there to hit the ball to start a rally to drive in a run to knock it over the fence to bunt and advance a runner in some way or another to hit the ball and to win this thing and you do it and and whether you like it or not your time at bat is coming up and you need to take the helmet and take the bat. Take the helmet, take the sword. And if I could just emphasize this and then I'm just going to finish this this morning. There's, we're not even close to the end. I just have to finish it. This is really, really, very simple. Jesus has done the heavy lifting. And brought you to a place of wholeness. You count yourself certain of what Jesus has done for you. And that's that helmet. Because you've got to keep your head on it. And for whatever situation you're going through, if you will just seek and listen and expect, the Spirit of God will give you a sword, a of word for right now. I'm telling you what, I wouldn't go many days. I wouldn't go many hours without finding it. Spirit of God, I need a sword. I, I'm dealing with this and I, I don't have anything else to win with. He will give you what you need to win. Take it. Take it. And go and fight and win. He's given you his strength. He's given you his armor so that you can win. And when the strong man, fully armed and fully armored, gets in position and stays active and stays alert, his goods will be in peace. They'll be safe and they'll be secure. Now I'm going to end on a negative, it goes against everything in me. But I'm going to end on a negative for emphasis. Without the strength of God and without the armor of God, you don't stand a chance. You can't stand. You won't win without the strength and the armor that God would provide. Well, I can't end that way. But you can win, and you can stand. If you'll be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And if you'll put on the whole armor of God. Did you get anything at all out of that?